Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's Euractiv debate. EU taxonomy for sustainable activities should nuclear energy be left out? My name is Dave Keating. I'm a journalist based in Brussels, and I'm coming at you live from the Euractiv studios in the heart of the EU quarter. And we are going to be talking about one of the most, the hottest and most contentious topics in Brussels at the moment, which is the taxonomy list. Now, this can sound like something really technical and boring, but I assure you, it is anything but. What is taxonomy? It's a weird word. It's not a word we use very often, but it's essentially a common classification system which the European Commission is developing to determine what, are, what constitutes sustainable economic activities. Now, that taxonomy list is going to be used to help aid investors to determine what constitutes a sustainable investment. But in reality, it's actually going to be used a lot further than that. It's going to be used in policymaking. It's going to guide policymakers at all different levels, at EU level, national level, local level, about what definitions they can use to determine which economic activities can be considered environmentally sustainable. So it's going to, to drive investment decisions. It's going to drive policy decisions. And this list is really going to determine what our energy system looks like for the next 10 years, 20 years, all the way to 2050. Now, this list has been a long time incoming. The Commission basically has the list already done. It's been proposed to the member states, but it cannot get through because of two contentious pieces of energy. Now, one is nuclear power, which we're going to talk about today. Advocates say nuclear power is a low to zero carbon uh, energy source, and it should definitely have a place in the sustainable energy transition. And the other is gas, more controversial. The idea that gas is a lower carbon alternative to fossil fuels uh, and that it should also be included in the, the taxonomy, but as a transition fuel. Now, the problem is, the, the member states of the EU are split between those who are pro-nuclear and anti-nuclear, but the anti-nuclear countries just happen to be big fans of gas. And so it may be that we end up with a compromise here that in order to get nuclear into the taxonomy list, we need to get gas. But put that on hold for a moment, because we're not here to talk about gas. We're here to talk about nuclear and the merits or demerits of having it included in this taxonomy list, regardless of the politics, is this a good idea? So inclusion or exclusion of nuclear energy in the EU taxonomy list, it's been hotly debated ever since it came out. In 2020, the commission asked the Joint Research Center, its in-house research body, uh, to produce a technical report on the do-no-significant-harm aspects of nuclear energy. In other words, does it meet that principle for EU policymaking? Now, the report has been reviewed by two sets of experts, and those three inputs are going to inform the Commission's decision-making on this. But we saw at the last European Council summit here in Brussels of prime ministers and presidents where they discussed this issue, the Commission President Ursula von der Leyen left that meeting sounding pretty confident that nuclear energy will become part of the taxonomy in some form. But we won't know until the proposal actually comes and we are all eagerly awaiting that day. In the meantime, Let's talk about the merits and demerits of including nuclear in that sustainable finance taxonomy list. 
Now, you guys at home are going to be able to ask your questions to the panelists using the Slido feature there on your screen. Go ahead and type your questions in, and I'll see them here on uh, my tablet, and I can read them out to the panelists. You can go ahead and start putting in those questions now. That would be great. That'll give me an idea of where you guys want to go with the discussion. So let me introduce now the panelists that you guys will be able to ask your questions to. We have with us here today Christoph Grudler, member of the European Parliament and also a member of the Industry Committee. We have Francois-Xavier Bellamy, also an MEP and also a member of the ITRA Committee. We have Kestutis Kupchis, President of the SG for Sustainable Finance Taxonomy for Climate Change in the European Economic and Social Committee and also a consumer advocate. We have Thomas pellerin Carlon, director of the Jacques Delors Energy Center, who also teaches at the College of Europe Energy Union Training Program at Seance Po and the Sorbonne. And finally, we have Mirto Tripathi, energy transition expert at RePlanet. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, Christophe, I see you, you were upside down a second ago, now you're coming back, but I'll give you another second to maybe move your things around. Let's go to Francois first. Um, so Francois, as a member of the European Parliament, you are dealing with this very contentious issue. What is your view on the issue of whether nuclear should be included in the sustainable taxonomy? First of all, thank you so much for this occasion you give us to discuss about this extremely important debate. I know that it gives uh, Christophe kind of upside down effect. Um, we are working together in the ITRE committee and uh, working so that nuclear should be fairly treated in the process. I know that there has been quite a debate about this debate in itself. I just want to, to precise something very strongly. I'm not lobbying in favor of nuclear. I'm lobbying in favor of technological neutrality. This was meant to be the principle of this very important regulation. And exactly as you mentioned, it has been broken since the beginning because we have some anti-nuclear forces, some anti-nuclear states, and this has become a very political debate, in fact. Um, the problem is that even the GRC is no longer heard by the Commission itself. Even the GRC has been put aside when the nuclear was excluded from the first examinations driven to prepare the taxonomy. And now we are in a bad situation. Let's say it like this, because we have a first delegated act of the taxonomy regulation, which doesn't include neither gas nor nuclear. And we are working on a very political debate so that nuclear and gas could be included in the next step. But the problem is not a political choice. The problem is if we want to face climate change, if we want to reach the climate objectives defined by the Commission itself to reduce our carbon emissions and to become uh, carbon neutral in, in a few decades from now, we can't do it without the tool that is today in our hands and which is nuclear. It's not me saying this, it's the GRC itself. It's the experts from the Commission itself. And uh, now we know that nuclear should be integrated in the second delegated act. But the problem is not if it should be inside or not. The problem is how it will be included. If nuclear is only defined like gas, for example, which is emitting carbon, if nuclear is inside the, ta the taxonomy as a transition energy, then it will be a way to kills the whole industrial 
um, uh, value chain because nuclear needs strong investments right now. It's the case in France, it's the case in many European countries. If we continue in this path, if we continue to uh, uh, prevent nuclear from accessing the needed capitals to continue these necessary investments, if we continue to lower the quantity of dispatchable electricity produced in all European Union, we will go to very difficult times. We will not reach the carbon objectives that we define ourselves. And in the end, the question will not be if we will have short shortages on the electricity uh, European supply, but when this will occur. We are experiencing right now a, a, a very precise uh, moment of crisis in electricity prices. If we don't react now, this crisis will become a structural issue for European industry, for European households, and finally, uh, which, which is not the least important, for European autonomic, stra strategic autonomy uh, in the world around us. Thanks a lot, Francois. Christophe, now that you're right side up, what's your view on this? Do you think that nuclear uh, should be part of the EU's sustainable energy transition? And if so, should it also be part of the taxonomy? Thank you very much uh, for, for the invitation. And uh, I will answer yes. Uh, I think that nuclear must, not should, must be, be part of, of the EU's uh, sustainable energy transition. Uh, of course, uh, it is impossible to meet the Green Deal goal for 2050 without a part of nuclear power. Uh, when it comes to decarbonizing uh, the, the energy sector, renewables come first in mind, notably solar and wind. However, uh, various uh, studies have shown that we, we cannot be picky uh, on how we, we choose our clean solutions. We do not have the luxury to ignore the, the multiple uh, future-proof uh, technologies we have on table. We need to be pragmatic, and if we want to achieve our climate goals, as I said before, I think we all agree with this. And this is why nuclear needs to be taken into account in our strategy. Uh, let me remind you that the European Commission stated that by 2050, uh, more than 80% of electricity will be coming from renew renewable energy sources, together with a nuclear power share of approximately uh, 15%. Uh, this combination will be uh, the backbone of a carbon-free European power system. Uh, we, we need clearly a, a, a science-based uh, approach to, to create a resilient and sustainable approach to develop a taxonomy of technology that is to be used in our future uh, economy. Uh, last week uh, in the World Nuclear Exhibition uh, in Paris, uh, Commissioner uh, Simpson outlined uh, that uh, the EU's uh, neutrality technology principle uh, is a reality and declared that nuclear is part of the solution, not the solution, but a part of the, so the solution. The EU is a, is a mosaic of uh, 27 uh, national energy mixes, uh, which need to be respected, as well as each 27 national decarbonization strategies. Uh, if nuclear is a solution for some countries, let's support them uh, if we want to achieve uh, our climate goal, of course. Or maybe um, to, to finish, uh, 
I will say uh, that uh, if we believe in nuclear power, it's also because it will create a, a lot of jobs for the future. It's, it's very important. And François-Xavier before me talked uh, about the strategic autonomy. Uh, it is clear that uh, it is also a solution to become less dependent on fossil fuels imported from third countries. Uh, in 2019, uh, sorry, we, are, we have still 60% uh, of dependency uh, on fossil imports in Europe. Um, local production of nuclear is a solution to electrify sustainably uh, our economy, direct or indirect, uh, with the production of low-carbon hydrogen, for, for example. So yes, we need to include nuclear in the green taxonomy through the upcoming Delegate Act, because it will and um, it has and will have a key role in the EU energy transition. The Delegate Act is supposed to arrive finally to, to arrive sorry, at the 22nd of, of December. Thanks a lot. Castutis, uh, let's turn to you next. We know there are a lot of concerns about nuclear. And for sure, nuclear isn't the first thing that people generally think of when they think about sustainable energy. So with your EESC hat on, what would you say are the concerns of employers, workers, and civil society when it comes to whether or not nuclear should be included in this sustainable taxonomy list? Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, for those who probably don't know the ESC uh, well, I have to explain that it is a consultative body which provides opinions for the uh, legislators uh, based on the mix of uh, or the common common consensus, common uh, denominative uh, base for the uh, from three groups uh, representing employers, employees, and uh, the uh, civil society uh, organizations. So, um, in the end, of course, it's quite difficult to find a, a common denominator for such a complex topic, and the committee was uh, not yet uh, really discussing the topic as such. There was no discussion before um, we see the, the final, uh, let's say, decision uh, by the commission before we get the referral from the commission. But we had, in the context of, let's say, um, work on the previous Delegated Act, or in the context of the renewed sustainable finance strategy earlier this year, we have discussed that uh, topic extensively with the committee clearly, uh, let's say, split between the two extremes. And one is uh, reflective of what uh, was said um, uh, uh, just a uh, few minutes ago uh, by two distinguished guests. And, you know, of course, uh, well, uh, there are views in the committee which fully support what uh, uh, members of the European Parliament uh, invited to this uh, panel uh, think of it. And uh, they would argue with similar arguments about the importance of nuclear energy and so on. And they're the, on the other side of the spectrum in our committee, we can clearly see that, you know, like really very uh, uh, grounded opposition to these views based on, uh, let's say, premise of environmental um, uh, uh, background and uh, 
also my my own background is consumer activist background and i do uh, have something to to say from that uh, uh, from that perspective too maybe a little bit later but at this point we clearly see the debate is uh, uh, difficult to uh, from this debate we we cannot really get the the common answer from this the opinion on the sustainable finance uh, uh, strategy which is debated as we speak potentially uh, maybe it is already adopted uh, at today's plenary uh, the, this specific um, uh, opinion proposes to set a panel which would take into account all pros and cons and come up with a solution but that is of course uh, a little bit uh, uh, late thinking of the 27th of december uh, well uh, thinking of uh, major points uh, what the civil society uh, uh, thinks of uh, of the inclusion of nuclear so the the, the main issue is related to the uh, to the to the meaning of the taxonomy itself so the, it was designed to become a list of green um, activities now if we put something which is questionable we really undermine the importance of this uh, of, of all this legislative uh, initiative from the from the because taxonomy is the is the, the the basis of of all other things on top of that the the, the, the yeah. other regulations and uh, directives related to, to this dossier to the sustainable finance dossier are so much based on the sound principles of taxonomy that civil society groups are expressing their uh, discontent and uh, their disapproval with the possible inclusion of both nuclear and gas uh, to green taxonomy. There, there might be other taxonomies around the corner waiting for their turn. And uh, that was also mentioned uh, by, uh, by some of the speakers today. Let's say transitional taxonomy is probably a good way where we could, you know, how, how we position nuclear in this debate. But I will stop here and I will uh, intervene uh, later in this debate probably to come, come back to these uh, uh, ideas. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I think those are two good points. One is it is a bit late to be assembling a panel on the pros and cons when the thing is coming out in just a, a matter of weeks. Uh, but also there is this very interesting idea that you pointed out of having a different taxo taxonomy for things meant to be part of the transition, but not necessarily part of the future. Um, let's turn to Thomas next. Uh, so Thomas, you've been really working on researching these issues. What are the potential advantages to having nuclear in the taxonomy? And what are the potential disadvantages or concerns? Thank you very much, Dave. Uh, so as a researcher at the Think Tank Jacques Delon Institute, I've been following the taxonomy debates for, for years now. And I think it's important to reflect on what was the original idea. The original idea of a sustainable finance taxonomy was to offer investors with a clear science-based dictionary that clearly states what can be considered as a green investment and what cannot. There is no moral judgment here. Many very useful investments are not green. Um, for instance, developing a COVID vaccine is not green, uh, but it is absolutely useful and should be supported uh, by public funding. So this scientific debate on the taxonomy was very lively in 2019, in 2020. 
Then from 2021 onwards, we've seen some uh, politicians and diplomats and some interest groups uh, trying and actually succeeding uh, in hijacking that debate. Um, they want to create a new category, not green, but so-called amber, the so-called transition investment. And here really the discussion shifted. Uh, before we had a scientific discussion on what constitutes green. And here they were looking and people, the experts from the taxonomy expert group were looking at what is needed to do a green transition. And obviously what is needed to do a genuine green transition is some stuff that are actually extremely hard because today the investment world is definitely not green and we've got very, very, very few amounts of investment that are actually fully green. So that was the original debate of the taxonomy. Now we have a politician debate about what is feasible to do today. That's a relevant debate, but in my opinion, that should not be part of the taxonomy. That should be part of, you know, debates on, for instance, the, you know, the annual budget of national governments and of the European Union, where obviously looking at supporting what is feasible today makes a lot of sense. But when it comes to having a sense-based taxonomy, we should be looking at what is needed to do a green transition, uh, not only what, is, what we think is feasible today, uh, etc. So to me, this debate on nuclear is a bit as if, you know, uh, some people were arguing for the inclusion of GMOs, you know, um, genetically modified organisms to be labeled as biological food because we would need GMOs to feed the world in 2050. Any taxonomy uh, that is green must be extremely ambitious. And that's the same, for instance, for biological food. Uh, there is a label for biological food. It is a very extremely ambitious one, but it is that ambition that created the credibility in that label and that supported investment in biological agriculture. And this has not suppressed or deleted non-biological agriculture, because as we know, uh, the vast majority by far of agriculture today is not biological uh, agriculture. And I think this discussion today, this seminar we're having now, is symbolic of that shift in the Brussels debate. Um, of the five speakers here today, myself included, uh, none of us have a PhD in physical science. Uh, none of us are experts on nuclear waste management, to give just that example. Um, since the other speakers have talked at length in favor of nuclear inclusion with some uh, some arguments that are absolutely, absolutely true, huh? uh, like, for instance, the, the very, very small carbon impact of, um, uh, of nuclear electricity generation, uh, I just want to echo a bit the, the arguments of those that are having a more cautious stance. Uh, when it comes to the scientific uh, uh, finding, uh, we know that when we look at the value chain of nuclear, that there are significant degrees of pollution. Uh, there's a lot of pollution that we don't see here in Europe uh, because we don't really mine uranium in Europe. But we know that mining uranium um, creates pollution, uh, especially local pollution around the mines. Uh, this, does have, uh, um, uh, this does harm human health. It does harm the environment. The question here is whether we consider this harm to be significant enough to exclude nuclear. Some people argue that uh, this is not significant enough to exclude nuclear. Some others argue uh, uh, the contrary. Uh, we have a similar debate on radioactive waste. Uh, radioactive waste are definitely in danger. They can be well managed, but even if we manage them well, uh, they will remain a very significant challenge throughout the next centuries and millennia. Um, and finally, there is, uh, from a scientifically, uh, from a scientific debate perspective, one topic that is very hard to address for scientists, which is how do we assess the risk of a major nuclear accident that would trigger a lot of pollution in Europe? And this was even recalled by the Joint Research Center report from March of 2021, where they say that even 
uh, modern Western European water pressurized nuclear plants that are among the safest we've ever built um, uh, in, uh, in the world. Even for those safest nuclear power plants, we cannot rule out with absolute certainty the possibility of a major nuclear accident in Europe. And here, scientifically, it's a, bit, it's a bit difficult to assess that risk, because if it occurs, then the impact would be massive. We would have um, thousands of square kilometers of European soil that would be unhabitable for humans for the next decades, if not the next centuries. So the consequence here would be very massive. But the risk is extremely low. And here in the end, obviously, the choice is a political one. How do you assess a risk that has very severe consequences but that has a very, very low uh, risk uh, of, um, of occurring. And finally, one last word where, uh, where I think we should be cautious about including nuclear is the issue of the credibility of the taxonomy. We don't know yet how much private investors are going to use the taxonomy. We know that if nuclear is included one way or another, that will decrease the credibility of the taxonomy in the eyes of some investors, not all of them, but especially the German investors, the Austrian investors, the Italian investors, the Spanish investors. So that's something that is quite important uh, to keep in mind in the taxonomy debate. If we want the taxonomy to be actually used by private investors, we need it to be credible. If we want the taxonomy to be credible, we need it to be science-based and to be very ambitious about what is considered as a green investment in the taxonomy. Thanks, Thomas, for walking us through those pros and cons. I think that point about risk is really a key one here, because as you know, it will be a political decision whether or not nuclear is in the taxonomy. Whether it's an acceptable level of risk is a decision up to political decision makers. But of course, the thing with nuclear is if it's right across your border, then there might be a different authority making that political decision than you. We'll, we'll come back to that. Um, Mirto, let's go to you next. What's your take on nuclear's place in the EU sustainable energy transition and specifically whether it should be included in the taxonomy? Well, hello, David. Good afternoon, everyone. And it is great to be here. Um, I would like to start by uh, joining uh, Mr. Perrin Collin on the fact that the taxonomy exercise needs absolutely to be science-based. And I think it started off um, in 2018-19 with experts, financial experts and NGO experts, and that has progressively derived with more and more science, uh, specifically with, for example, nuclear being evaluated by the GRC, which is the science body of the uh, European Commission that has undergone exhaustive um, evaluation that, that, that still is, is uh, to be occurring for all the other technologies under uh, scrutiny. So that being said, um, I think it is important to start by restating uh, what may be obvious as many times as necessary really, which is that climate emergency is real and a threat to people that we should address as such. It is because we recognize this fact and are worried about the slow pace and uh, to be blunt, uh, underperformance of the EU energy climate policies that we replanet exist. It is also because of this fact that we need more nuclear, not less. Um, nuclear power is one of two sources of low carbon energy alongside hydropower that can effectively lead to the shutdown of fossil fuel plants. It is also the only one fully scalable and applicable to energy uses other than power. And that would be hydrogen projection, district heating. 
If you can hear me. Water desalination industry needs, yes. Yes, we seem to have Hi. lost your sound. I'm not sure if something went wrong with your microphone. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God, I don't know. No, I hear you perfectly well. Okay, let's try I to hear you sort that out. Maybe we'll go on with the discussion. Um, maybe I just have one of the other panelists speak to make sure it's, it's just Mirta's. Thomas, can you just say a quick word? Um, sure, yeah. It's the same, actually. It's the same, very low audio. Uh, okay, perhaps it's it's just very low the audio. Uh, so Mirta, why don't you continue because uh, the the listeners can just turn up their volume and they should be able to hear you until we get this sorted. But Mirta, go ahead and continue. All right. Um, well, I hope everyone um, hears me. So I was I was saying that uh, because we recognize uh, this fact, uh, the climate emergency, and are worried about the slow pace and to be blunt, underperformance of the EU energy and climate policies uh, that we replanet exist. Um, and it is also because of this fact that we need more nuclear power, not less. Nuclear power um, is one of two sources of low carbon energy alongside hydropower that can effectively lead to the shutdown of fossil fuel plants, not reduction of use, actual shutdown. It is also the only one fully capable and applicable to energy uses other than power. And that would be hydrogen production, district heating, desalination, and all kinds of industry needs. All that allowing for deep decarbonization. So, Certainly, and, and that has been mentioned, it has drawbacks like all other energy sources. I mean, no one is naive here. Um, but for all of these drawbacks, uh, we have now answers and clear paths ahead. Luckily, nuclear power has other advantages too. But the main point is that it is the most effective solution in terms of natural resources, including land consumption, time and cost to tackle climate change. We should therefore support rather than prevent its development. And this includes recognizing it as a sustainable energy source in the taxonomy, not a transitional one, a sustainable one, with taxonomy which is today nothing more, uh, to be clear, than a political barrier contradicting on the topic the most recognized science bodies, including the very one advising the European Commission itself. So maybe two words on uh, who we are and uh, where I'm speaking from. So Replanet Netherlands is a new environmental NGO uh, with many scientists and experts in their ranks acting independently as a citizens' organizations. And we decided to join force with other European environmental groups uh, like ourselves. We believe that reaching the goals of climate stabilization, nature preservation and human development are equally important, intertwined, and can be done with the help of science and technology. It may be useful to remind everyone here that technology, and including nuclear technology, is nothing else but science put to use and applied to the problems we meet as human beings. So we have two massive problems on our hands here on the energy front. So the first one is that we must absolutely provide much more electricity to world populations than we do today, and the second one is that we must get definitely rid of fossil fuels, coal first and then gas, while sparing the land. By not classifying nuclear power as sustainable or even by qualifying it as a transition technology, the European Commission would have us, European citizens, unwillingly turn our backs 
to the one solution that can do that uh, and turn our backs on science or on our future, all while, um, to be frank, by making a mockery of its own rules and criteria. So I would here, in, in the name of Replanet again, urge the Commission and frankly as well the Member States and Parliament to just do that. Um, let the science speak, let the facts speak, and for once, please, let's keep out the politics out of it. Uh, thank you, Dave, and I hope you heard me well, and I think I will leave it at that for the moment. Thanks, Mirto. Yeah, the sound problem got fixed really fast, so we, we heard you all loud and clear throughout there. Um, so we've talked a lot about the JRC report, uh, and so Thomas, I want to go back to you because I want to just make sure we nail down exactly what was in that JRC report, and then also, Thomas, I want to get an idea of whether you kind of agree with the conclusions of the report. And, and also, Thomas, I'd, I'd like to bring in early one question from the audience, because I think it's relevant to one thing you said before. Um, Joris van Dorp says, why was only nuclear energy subjected to a full scientific audit by the JRC? Why not other renewable forms of power? I mean, for instance, under the do, do no harm principle, you did mention uh, the sourcing of uranium. You could also make that argument for electric vehicles, for instance. So uh, maybe one, just walk us through precisely what the JRC report concluded and why was this report done for nuclear and maybe not for other sources of energy? Um, oh, so, things. So, so first, I mean, uh, when you think of batteries, those are not sources of energy, they are vectors uh, uh, of energy, and the mining of lithium um, is uh, is far less environmentally damaging than the mining of uranium. Uh, and uh, the two biggest producers of uh, uh, lithium in the world are Chile and Australia, which, which have relatively okay, let's say, environmental uh, standards compared to countries like Niger, uh, which is one of the significant providers of uranium to, um, uh, to Europe. Um, so the, the the contents of the uh, Joint Research Center uh, report, so it's, it's quite quite a lengthy one, uh, first and foremost, and they try really to assess what's the impact on the um, environment uh, of uranium. They look at mining, they could look at uh, processing, uh, so transforming the uranium into um, a, a fuel that can actually be used in nuclear reactors. Uh, they look also look at dismantling the nuclear reactor once it has been used, um, um, and also radioactive waste management. Uh, the GRC report does not say that nuclear should be including in the taxonomy. They're just laying out what we know, what we think we know, and what we don't know. Uh, so, for instance, in terms of uh, the impact of radioactive waste uh, in the 25th century, we have close to zero clue about what is going to be that impact because that will depend, obviously, uh, on how we manage those radioactive waste today, uh, but also on how future human societies uh, will will behave, and that's something obviously that we we can't predict at that uh, time horizon. So they were highlighting what what is pretty certain, uh, and even if you know the word certain is a word that scientists you know really do not dare to use that often, uh, and what is very very uh, uncertain. Um, I would also like to say a word on the issue of nuclear energy and the issue of the climate emergency that Mito uh, Mito underlined, um, and I want to do that by telling you a, a personal story. So I was born and raised in, in Normandy, in the northwest of France, uh, close to a place where there are nuclear reactors, uh, Flamanville. Um, and there is one new nuclear reactor that was started to be under construction uh, in 2002. It was meant to be delivered in 2012. It is still under construction today. Uh, it has been uh, delayed many, many times. Uh, and in, for now, I mean, they hope to build it and make it operational by 2023, 2024. And the price has skyrocketed, it has increased by almost, um, so it started at 3 billion, and now the estimate of the official French quarter is 19 
billion euros. So you see this kind of skyrocketing. Um, here, what you see is that building new nuclear uh, uh, reactors is not a solution for the short term. And we should be absolutely clear about that. If you speak about climate emergency in the sense of the stuff we need to do in this decade, building new nuclear power plants is not part of that. It will not be at all useful for this decade. It may be very useful for, um, let's say, 2035, 2040, uh, if you choose to build those nuclear power plants. Uh, if uh, the builders of those power plants manage uh, to keep production costs reasonably uh, moderate and if construction goes according to plan. So that can definitely be part of, let's say, a medium to long-term solution uh, to climate change for those countries who choose it. But presenting that as a solution for climate emergency, I mean, that has really no, no scientific backing at all. Francois Xavier, I mean, taking in, into account what Thomas was just saying about, you know, that there, the JRC report does still identify some unknowns here. Are you comfortable, Francois Xavier, with the, with the conclusions of the JRC report? Do you agree with the analysis? And are you comfortable with the level of risk presented? <clears throat> uh, it's very strange because on these kind of debates, we often face very inconsistent behaviors. Uh, first of all, we all talk about the climate emergency. We all talk about reducing uh, carbon emissions in Europe. And then when it comes to nuclear, suddenly we all see very strange reasons invoked to say that I, I just heard Thomas say that uh, the fact that nuclear could bring something to the um, uh, climate uh, challenge is, is not based on science. I mean, we all know that nuclear doesn't produce carbon. That's it. So if there is a carbon emergency, uh, there is no arguing about the fact that we have here an, an, an energy source that is completely or nearly completely carbon free. You can do whatever you want after, but uh, you have to take into account facts and science. And this is facts and science. Um, if we ch choose not to go for nuclear energy, and, and basically, if we say that nuclear energy is only a transition energy, which is in fact impossible to assess because uh, then there will be no nuclear plants at all. They need a financing that goes for not uh, 20 or 30 years, but that goes for 50, 70, 80 years ahead of us. So if we don't invest in nuclear in this dimension, it's very clear that we will go to renewables and renewables require gas. And there is no other choice than to build with renewables gas plants. So we will produce more carbon. And again, then you can choose whatever you want. This is a political decision. But you have to face the consequences of your decisions. And if there is a climate emergency, again, it's not me saying this. It's IPCC. We, we said we need a scientific assessment of nuclear. And we turn to the GRC. And then the GRC says, OK, this should be inside taxonomy. And at this point, people say, no, no, this study of the GRC is not sufficient to do so. Uh, where is the strange failure in reason that, that, that put us in this kind of inconsistent decisions? We are in front of a very important decision for the future of Europe as a whole, for our geopolitical future, for our industrial, economical, social future, and also, of course, for 
the, the tackling of, of climate change by, by the European Union. And I think that we should uh, never ever rely on this kind of inconsistencies that would lead us to, to wrong decisions in the end. Uh, Mr. Kupchi said, said and, and is right, that this will be the basis for a lot of different regulations, not only for uh, um, driving uh, private investment to uh, value chains that we feel are greens. It will be the basis of a lot of European regulations. And by the way, this is also creating an issue for the treaties, because treaties always respected the fact that member states could and should stay always in control of their electricity mix. Uh, through this taxonomy regulation, we have a slight issue that something could be broken in this interpretation of the treaties, because if you have no way of financing uh, such a, a value chain, then, then you are prevented from uh, having your own decision. Finally, I would, because I, I, I tried to, to stick to my two minutes in the first round, I, I, I may have some, some slight time to get back to. Um, I, I just wanted to, to turn also to Thomas, uh, because I know the important work you did on, on electricity, uh, on, on energy uh, precarity for, for all those households for which energy, energy prices can be a very important issue. This is also a social issue, of course. It's very clear that if we look at Flamanville, we will see that energy prices are very high, but, but it's completely normal because when you do only one plant uh, and when you don't have the competency, when you didn't do it for a long time, it's clear that you can get for uh, very uh, low prices. But the, the question is, do we invest in this value chain for the next decades? And then the series effect will produce its consequences. The question is not, will nuclear be part of the future in the world? Because it will be. In China, uh, a lot of investments are directed toward nuclear and, and, and dozens of, of new nuclear plants are uh, on the verge of being uh, built. In the US, it's a Democrat government investing in nuclear and John Kerry himself said that without nuclear, we wouldn't tackle climate change. The question is, is Europe going to lose its capacity in building the nuclear of the future? That can be safe, of course. We have an experiment, an experience on this. We know nuclear is not something we don't know. It's a, an energy source that has been uh, uh, invented in European Union and that has been uh, uh, built all over uh, Europe for uh, decades now. And, and that has made as the difference of coal, as the difference of gas, as the difference even of hydro. Nuclear didn't make a, a single uh, death toll in all the European Union for, for those decades. Uh, so so we, we have, again, to get back to facts. And if we want to offer every European citizen an affordable, carbon-free energy, electricity for uh, the decades to come, uh, having in mind the fact that we will have more and more electricity demand in Europe in the decarbonization context, we can't do it without nuclear, of course. And, and again, I'm not saying that this is the energy of the long-term future. Maybe research will find something better for tomorrow. But if we think that there is an emergency, we just can't shoot on the uh, precise uh, uh, um, emergency replies that we have now in our hands to face this incredible challenge. Um, Kastutis, what do you think about this question of risk and whether the climate emergency should be taken into account when we're thinking about an acceptable level of risk? 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, the solar panels, for example, which are part of the sustainable energy mix of the future, do not um, eventually explode uh, in your backyard. So that's probably the most important concern of uh, citizens in Europe. We know the decision in Germany is probably the final one because of Fukushima. We know that part of Europe, current Belarus, is essentially still undergoing the environmental crisis uh, because big part of that uh, country was uh, impacted by Chernobyl disaster. And, uh, well, uh, thinking about risks and uh, future energy mix, we essentially have to choose among several uh, bad decisions. There, there is no, no way one can say that, uh, you know, solar or wind energy is the, the only solution, of course. There is um, essentially room for other energy innovations and uh, probably some nuclear plants can stay. But at this point of our debate, I see there is a strong emphasis to discuss nuclear energy as such. While the topic we are discussing, we should be discussing now, is about nuclear energy as part of sustainable taxonomy, as, a, as part of the green list of activities which have no issues with uh, you know, factors of uh, do no significant harm and radioactive waste and uh, potential uh, nuclear disasters and so on. So from, from those risks and rewards uh, perspective, uh, I see that there is little argument of uh, having nuclear in the list of that um, preferred list of, 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 of that uh, uh, sustain, sustainable finance, uh, let's say, uh, preferred list of options for investment. Because I, I, I come from consumer cycle, yeah? So I, I represent consumer organization and uh, we will definitely hear um, kind of uh, voices from consumers asking, I'm now willing to invest sustainably, but I'm against nuclear energy. So what, what is the meaning of, of this sustainable taxonomy then, if any? Why, why would I invest in nuclear energy if, uh, if, 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 you know, if I'm, if I'm in search for sustainable investment choices? So the, 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 we should probably focus a little bit on, uh, more on uh, consumer behavior, on investors' behavior, and uh, take the nuclear energy, you know, as a as an existing taxonomy at where it is now. You know, like it's a, it's 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 a point in history where we have various benefits of nuclear, but there is a huge risk of a disaster, and nobody would, uh, uh, you know, trust uh, any any kind of taxonomy anymore if we have even a minor nuclear disaster even a minor leak or, uh, or accident somewhere in Europe. Think also about um, uh, geopol geopolitical consequences. I'm, uh, my, my family uh, is based 60 kilometers from uh, uh, Belarus uh, Astravets nuclear power plant. And we talk for years about issues with that nuclear power plant, about unsafe construction, about uh, potential disasters and uh, 
you know, I'm 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 getting um, uh, iodide um, tablets from my uh, local uh, pharmacy, just in case, yeah, for my family. And now, at that specific, uh, you know, juncture of events, we suddenly uh, define nuclear as green, while. On the other hand, we criticize Belarus for building a nuclear uh, power plant next to our uh, capital. So there's a little bit from my national perspective, which I wanted to share. Thank you. Yeah, a big debate there in um, around that Belarus border. Mirto, I wanted to get your response to Thomas's point about the construction time for nuclear power plants, because as he said, you know, nuclear power plants take years, if not decades, to build. Um, is that not too late if we're thinking about new nuclear power plants now? Uh, Thomas said, really, that can't be part of the plan in the next 10 years. Does that long construction time present an obstacle to thinking about uh, nuclear as being part of the sustainable taxonomy? Well, thank you very much, uh, Dave. Uh, I'll, I'll address very quickly uh, one, one small point uh, just before I launch into construction time, which is the first one, that there is an increasing uh, public opinion in favor of nuclear power in the European Union, actually, in lots of member states. So I think as far as the democratic choice is concerned, we should very much reconsider positively nuclear power for the future. Uh, the second point is as far as mining is concerned, because it's a, it's a new argument that we hear a lot. Um, nuclear power is, is a very, very dense energy that requires very little material to produce a lot of electricity. In that regard, it requires very little mining. And actually, there is a UN uh, World Health Organization report on the UNSCARE on mining and radioactivity in general that uh, uncovered the fact that actually coal mines are very much more a source of radioactivity and contrary to uranium mines that are very uh, uh, little in number in the world, are not used to handle that. So it's, a, it's an actual risk uh, to workers. Uh, so I, th I think the mining issue really is not, is not a real one. And, and the main uh, producers are Canada and Australia. And in, you are right, Niger and Kazakhstan as well. We're doing a really good job and are very, very much monitored for it. Um, so as far as the construction time and the answer, the response that nuclear can bring to the climate emergency, my first answer would be, let's keep the running plants, operating plants today running. Um, a lot, uh, th there is a move in uh, the European Union, it's actually almost the only one worldwide, to close rather than to launch uh, nuclear power plants. And we've seen that those closures and the most recent ones uh, will be the path that is Belgium is taking, is leading to a subsidized investment into new power plants, into new gas plants, I'm sorry, gas power plants. Um, in addition, you can note that, for example, the six uh, remaining nuclear power plants in Germany, if they were to close and be progressively replaced, which is what will happen essentially by coal and then gas, would by 2045 lead to a billion uh, tons of CO2 uh, launched in the, in the atmosphere. So those are very serious consequences of uh, closing uh, running nuclear power plants already. Now, as far as construction is concerned and price, one wants to um, remember that it's, it's essentially a question of practice and series effect. 
So no one would blame uh, the automotive industry, for example, if um, because of the price of the uh, first in-line uh, prototype uh, car, right? Uh, you would look into the series of the cars coming out afterwards. And we have an uh, example and experience on that. I will give you the example of the French fleet, for example, that um, at some peak time was launching eight uh, reactors a year that managed to build more than 50 in 15 years. Today, uh, China is building two to three per year and has just announced a plan by 2035 to build 150 in 10 years uh, nuclear power plants. And this is exactly what we're experiencing right now um, worldwide, which is every uh, plant uh, comes in line faster than the previous one and more efficiently and with less effort from all the actors in the supply chain involved because you know there's lessons learned. And the price is following exactly the same route. Um, the, the construction price uh, is uh, very low already because of one inherently physical property of uh, nuclear. So we talked about the very low carbon footprint, that's absolutely essential, but uranium and nuclear energy for say is a very dense energetically. It is 1 million times uh, denser than fossil fuel, which does what? It does that again from very little material, you can produce a lot of uh, electricity. So that's good for the natural resources consumption and the land use, but that's also good for uh, the price you pay for uh, the electricity and as well for the waste generation. And we may want to talk about it uh, later on. So if I take again a very practical example, because it's, it's important uh, to rely on what happened and on the, the, the facts that we can base our judgment on. Uh, if you take the French program again, so that's 58 units covering 75% of needs of a G7 country, right? The only one that managed to have its grid compliant with the Paris Agreement rules. Well, that uh, um, French fleet has cost 100 billion uh, euros uh, current currency. If you compare with that, the energy vendor, for example, and those are numbers from uh, the Federal Audit Court, has already cost 500 billion euros, and so that's five more, uh, five times more cost, for uh, uh, an outcome uh, that, that's still very much debated because uh, the carbon footprint is, is still very, very high, as essentially you would also experience from other uh, European countries that have tried to go down that uh, exclusively renewable uh, road without relying on hydro or nuclear power, which are baseload, uh, low carbon uh, sources of energies. But I think what's very important as far as cost is concerned is not so much the cost of the facility, it's uh, more the price of electricity that is paid by the consumers. And uh, this is, at least this is where I uh, want to look at, uh, the price paid by the individual consumers, also the industries. And there again, we can uh, see that uh, the French uh, electricity bill is half that of uh, German consumers. That's a very important uh, aspect of things, uh, in particular, since you have to consider that it is resilient today, 
because it uh, is not impacted by market fluctuations and it already includes uh, the cost for waste management and dismantling. It's also resilient in the future because it includes in the price uh, things that have not been factored and taken into account yet. Those are system costs, those are carbon price, those are pollution prices, waste and dismantling costs I talked about already that other energy sources do not factor in their price. So all of that to say that if we talk about construction and price, nuclear energy as is, has been demonstrated for the past 40 years in countries and societies like ours is actually very, very competitive, which is a huge advantage if you add it to the very low carbon and very low environmental impact it has. I want to go back to this um, question about the legitimacy of the taxonomy because we've had a couple questions from the audience. I'm going to put these to Christophe. Uh, so Christophe, here's two questions from the audience on this question of legitimacy. Jonas uh, says, an often raised concern by certain green investment groups is that they will lose credibility if nuclear is included in the taxonomy. Is this justified? They could still choose not to invest in nuclear and advertise this to their customers. No. And the related question uh, is from Thomas Gibbon. With the inclusion of nuclear in the taxonomy, is there a risk that countries that reject nuclear, like Germany, Austria, and Luxembourg, would turn toward other taxonomies or investment rule books instead? Or will the taxonomy be flexible enough to accommodate for these political disagreements? Thank you very much. Just a short uh, comment about what Thomas said before uh, about the impact uh, of mining. Uh, it's, it's not good, of, of course, to compare with uh, uh, batteries, huh? uh, I agree with you, but we can compare uh, with solar power, for example. I, I fully believe in solar power, but uh, if you look at the carbon footprint for the whole cycle life uh, uh, of, of um, solar panels, uh, it's horrible. It's very green uh, in Europe, but it's very grey, it's very polluting. Uh, in Asia, where we produce uh, photovoltaic uh, panels, uh, on, on, in Europe, we import uh, 10 billion a year, 10 billion, uh, for 10 billion euros of those materials. Uh, it means that we give more money from the European to Asia to pollute, to, to give us production uh, in solar power. That's the reason why I think that we, we have to produce solar panels in, in, in Europe. Uh, on, on a short um, comment about the, the time, of course, fit for 55, it's not for nuclear power. Uh, nuclear power, it's fit for 100. It's, it's to be ready for 2050. Uh, SMR, small modular reactors, will be able, will be ready for 2035. New uh, nuclear center, power plants, sorry, uh, will be ready for 20, um, 2040. Uh, and we can then meet the goal for 2050 in order to be uh, net zero uh, uh, about uh, the, the carbon emission. Uh, about, about the taxonomy, uh, taxonomy, it's uh, all different energy. Uh, every uh, state, each state uh, is able to choose uh, what they want, uh, where they want to invest. Uh, I remember that taxonomy, it's only private fund. It's not public fund. For this, we have a directive about the state aids. 
uh, but here it's uh, taxonomy it's private private fund then you can uh, if you want to 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 put your money uh, in wind turbine or in solar panel or, or in hydraulic you can do it but if in some countries they want to, to put their money uh, in order to build for example uh, uh, smr uh, which is the, the smallest uh, uh, nuclear production you can be allowed to do it and about the credibility of taxonomy uh, taxonomy is not the green uh, the green project it's a sustainable project uh, compared to the goal of 2050 about uh, about the carbon emission uh, it is very current to have on the taxonomy all the energy were in favor of uh, meeting the goal of decarbonization that it is very current uh, and of course you have gas uh, but gas is uh, a transitional uh, energy it means that for example in poland uh, when you have a uh, a lot of pollution about uh, cool uh, mining, uh, cool um, uh, factories, uh, plant. Uh, if if you want to to, to cut it very uh, quickly, to, to make a phasing out of, of coal, uh, gas can be useful uh, in a, a short time, because when you pollute two uh, with coal, uh, you just pollute one with uh, with, with gas. That's coherent in a transition way. Uh, till 2050. Uh, uh, it means for me that after the second delegated act uh, about taxonomy, which uh, is supposed to arrive uh, uh, on the 22nd of December, uh, we, will, we will have a coherent uh, uh, system. Uh, but personally, what I find incoherent is that we have two delegated acts. Uh, it will be so easy to have only one with all the energy who help to, to meet the goal in, in 2050. Um, so Kitsutis, we've had three questions come in for you, which are similar. I think they're about the issue of communication and public perception. Um, so uh, first question from Joris van Dorp. If some investors don't understand that nuclear is sustainable, is that the fault of the taxonomy or of those investors? I think in other words, would actually the inclusion of the taxonomy make any difference in changing anyone's mind or are people's minds about nuclear already made up on the same topic of whether uh, the public uh, is getting all the information uh, that's out there? Uh, do, 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 sorry, the questions are moving around. Uh, so Thomas Gibbon says, there is indeed a communication issue. Customers and investors are probably misinformed about nuclear power. Uh, many think that it emits greenhouse gases to start with and very few understand radioactivity. What can we do to reconcile citizens with complex topics? And then Wien Kant from the Council for the Environment and Infrastructure says, the current approach to the nuclear debate doesn't appear to move us forward that I would agree with. How do we make the conversation more constructive? My take, only technical and economic information isn't enough to make a decision. You'll have to talk about values, how they and, and how you weigh them. And we did hear, I think, from uh, some speakers before that the taxonomy is really just about the, the CO2 content and we're bringing in all of these other value questions, but maybe we can't avoid them. So a lot there, but Kastutis, maybe respond to those three questions. Yeah, with pleasure. They all are related because indeed the taxonomy was uh, considered to help uh, in communicating sustainable benefits of investment to those investors, to those consumer groups who care uh, 
about the planet and who care about uh, social implications of our economic life. And uh, well, we, we, we cannot really reconcile anything. Yeah? Maybe that's, uh, that's, that's potentially an issue for Mirto, who could then invest uh, a lot of uh, her time and energy to try to change people's minds. But it's, it's, it's probably a mission impossible. How do you change minds of millions of Europeans about, you know, about the benefits of nuclear when everybody is still living with the trauma of Chernobyl, with the trauma of Fukushima? And when somebody says that there cannot be such a disaster anywhere close to Europe, one should simply remember that Japan is a highly technologically advanced country. It's uh, what number two, uh, sorry, number uh, three um, in the list of global economies. And, and still, th th there is no way one could uh, um, say that uh, they have all the risks uh, in the list and there is no risk which is not included in the list. In the end, there is a combination of uh, whatever, asteroid, tsunami, and uh, I don't know, and, and the forest uh, fire, yeah, which uh, may destroy something. Yeah. So there, there, there is no way one could say that nuclear is 100% uh, uh, safe. And that's why so many Europeans are skeptic about nuclear energy. And nuclear, inclusion of nuclear energy in the list of green activities would undermine so much the whole list because they say, look, the list would probably look quite nice for, uh, for me as a consumer, as an investor, but you have this nuclear here. So I cannot trust uh, the way you invest my money. What if it goes 100% for nuclear? And I don't, I'm, I'm against nuclear. There is no such uh, gra gradation, let's say. That there, there is no uh, such a complex... Um, um, uh, combination of uh, taxonomies or communication uh, ways uh, yet uh, developed to, to help retail consumers uh, to, to distinguish between uh, so many options. There is only, uh, you know, one taxonomy which has to be trusted by, by consumers. And that's, that's the most important thing in this debate. I'm not saying anything related to the... Um, place of nuclear in the energy mix. It probably stays in, 2020, in 2050, in 2040, in 2060 perhaps. Yeah? But EU taxonomy is not limiting member states' selection of uh, energy mix. Yeah? It is just a communication tool with the consumers. That's why I, I, I do agree with uh, the notion, with the uh, mentioning of it as a communication issue, However, the best thing we could do to have consumers on board, to have general public on board, is not to try to mix, uh, you know, apples uh, with asphalt. Uh, we, we, we have to keep those things uh, clearly uh, separate for the time being. And uh, we, we can probably develop other taxonomies, and that uh, is uh, work uh, ongoing, but uh, not, to put, not, to, not to try to, to put everything in one place. Yeah. Thank you. Mirto, staying on the subject of whether the taxonomy does impact uh, national government's choice of energy source, which is uh, uh, 
subsidiarity issue, sovereignty issue. Um, I, we have a question, another one from Wienkent from the Council for the Environment and Infrastructure. And it's going back to what you said before about there's two different questions here. One, maintaining existing nuclear power, and two, building new nuclear plants. So on the first one, Wienkent asks, if nuclear is left out of the taxonomy, what will that mean for countries that do prefer to maintain or increase nuclear energy as part of their energy mix? How much harder will it be for them? So if nuclear is left out of this taxonomy, what happens to those existing nuclear plants in countries like France? Well, let me uh, start by talking of how the uh, political decisions are being made. The political decisions are being made also based on what people think. Uh, and on, on that, I think what has just been said was very relevant. Uh, the public opinion is increasingly in favor of nuclear energy. And why is that? Because people, and especially in Europe, also in France, have experienced for themselves uh, what it meant uh, for the past 40 years to have a significant share of nuclear energy in the power mix. They have experienced uh, what we uh, also experience uh, on a worldwide level, which is an exemplary track record as far as safety, which is the fact that nuclear is uh, the major uh, source of low carbon energy in the European Union right now. And the fact that uh, the emissions in Europe are not going down today because uh, we're stalling the nuclear fleet to what it is and we're not building more. And uh, the current uh, energy policies of the European Union has not made us make any significant progress on the climate front. In parallel to that, people also see that there's 10 to 20,000 uh, people um, premature death today due to air pollution. And they also factor that in, in their the decision making. So I actually strongly disagree with the fact that uh, people do not uh, wish for nuclear energy. And I think the last uh, question we had is, is very much that. So I do understand uh, the fear uh, and the trauma linked with the widespread imagery related to nuclear accidents. But, and, and I did share those as well before I started study, studying the subject. But I must say that if we want this debate to uh, rationalize and become more uh, calm and, and reasoned, uh, we really need to look at facts and they encourage us uh, otherwise. Uh, again, nuclear energy has been found to be one of the safest form of energy here. And that's also the conclusion to which the Japanese uh, have come after 10 years after Fukushima. The UN and World Health Organization reports uh, that have uh, followed year by year the most monitored and analyzed uh, industrial accident in the history have found that there was no human health impact related to radiations from the Fukushima accident. So the human toll is by wide and large that of the tsunami and the earthquake. And there's been uh, more than 58 industrial accidents that we never talk about that, that have to be taken into account as well and lead to conclusions. So the Japanese government and the people in Japan have decided to restart 30 of their nuclear power plants. And they have lived for the past 10 years experiencing a very high share of fossil fuels and sobriety in the consumption. And they made uh, their, they drew their own conclusions on that. So uh, 
nuclear needs to be included in the taxonomy because first of all, and I think we need to remind everyone of that, all low carbon technologies need to be included in the taxonomy as the sustainable energies that they are, especially when the science has uh, cleared their case. Wind, solar and hydro are already included, which is a very good thing as far as I'm concerned. Uh, nuclear, not yet. And that's what we're here to uh, ask for. And nuclear has two uh, major advantages um, in addition to being low carbon. It has a very long lifespan as hydro, which is two, uh, three to five times that of wind and solar panels and a demonstrated capacity to enter a circular economy model by using waste as its fuel as soon as the uh, fourth generation uh, reactors are in line and they're all being actually industrially uh, demonstrated. And also it is baseload, meaning it can be switched on and remain on, hence effectively leading to the shutdown of fossil fuel plants and coal first as well. So none of that uh, will happen if it is not included in the taxonomy because financial markets will not want to support its development by fear of what politics may do to science-based decision. And uh, it is true that what will happen is that it will actually delay our answer to climate change, delay our answer to air pollution, and it will uh, increase the price to consumers. Uh, because what will happen is that the investors and the banks will raise the interest rate to building constructions, uh, uh, nuclear power plants, and uh, that interest rate will go straight into the electricity bill. That's exactly what we see today for HPC, which is the Hinkley Point C nuclear power plant being built right now uh, in England, that two thirds of the final price will actually um, uh, be the repayment to the financial institutions of the cost of money two-thirds of the final consumer price. So that's what will happen if uh, uh, nuclear is not included in the taxonomy. The people, the European citizens, will actually pay for it on their bill and on uh, the, the, the consumption of natural resources. Thomas, I see you shaking your head. Uh, same question to you. Do you think that the non-inclusion of the taxonomy means we're gonna lose existing nuclear power plants and there won't be investment in new ones? Um, I mean, absolutely not. Uh, as we said, the taxonomy is first and foremost made for private investors. There are very, very few private investors in nuclear for reasons that are linked to the fact that nuclear, like renewables, by the way, from that perspective, um, have very long uh, return of investment. Um, so virtually all the nuclear power plants that have either been built already or that are being built today are being so with um, a, a lot of uh, public support. Uh, sometimes it could be, you know, state by clones, like it is the case for Russian nuclear power plants. It can be fit-in tariff, like it is the case uh, for nuclear power plants in um, um, in the in the UK. Um, so, so really, I mean, I think this is a, I don't know, this might be uh, a tentative of fear mongering, uh, maybe. But even if nuclear were to be excluded from the taxonomy, there was to be plenty of possibility for uh, public policy to support nuclear for, you know, even for very good reasons, leads to stability of the grid, leads to the fact that it produces electrons uh, without uh, emitting a lot of uh, green, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so really, I think we should really, you know, uh, uh, be, be nuanced here. Uh, even in the scenario uh, under which nuclear would be get out of the taxonomy, 
there is still plenty of possibility for uh, active and very generous public support in favor of nuclear. Here again, the taxonomy is just meant to say what is green, what is not green. It, it has not any kind of moral obligation. And if policymakers want to support nuclear, and here again, there are good reasons to do so, if they want to support nuclear, they can definitely do that, even if nuclear were to be excluded from the taxonomy. Thanks, Thomas. Well, that's all the time we have for today's panel. Um, this is, as I mentioned at the beginning, one of the hottest topics floating around Brussels right now, and we will have an answer to this, I think, uh, within two weeks. Of course, having followed this debate for a while, we may not have an answer in two weeks, and this may get delayed again. But there's lots of opinions on this, lots to talk about, because I think what we, what we can see in today's discussion is this is a nuanced issue, right? This isn't simple. Uh, and this is something that is going to have a, a big impact. Just how big that impact will be, of course, is a subject of debate, as we've seen here today. Uh, but this is a big decision, and it's going to be coming, we'll see, maybe two weeks. And then, of course, uh, there will be a lot to say with the uh, co-legislators. So thank you, everybody. for the. Thank you to the panelists for some great interventions. Thank you to you at home for following along and asking some great questions. I wish you all a great evening, and thank you for joining us. See you next time.